0: social unrest the state and the white house you are listening to the john DePietro show
1: John DePietro on am 1380 99.9 fm folks you can always listen online at our website depetro.com. we have made it to friday that's right we have made it to friday now the kyle rittenhouse uh, defense is rested And starting next week is going to be, uh, well, Monday will be closing arguments, then jury instructions. And so, you know, folks, as as we look at this case, and again, this is the young man. There was trouble in Kenosha, Wisconsin. There was a shooting, and then there was a lot of protests. And this was a young man that went to help out, by all accounts. To me, it seems like a clear cut self-defense case we're gonna to have to wait and see exactly what the jury says but the trial has not gone well put it mildly for the prosecution and i think you know last summer coming out of the pandemic or still in the pandemic there was just so much emotion on everything and then a year later as people look at things it just you don't look at it in the same light and i think a good example is look at the election right now I mean, it was a year ago, a little over a year ago, that President Biden was announced that he had won the election. Um, Who would vote for him today? Raise your hand. I mean, nobody. Country is a mess. Gas prices, inflation, the border, overseas. He doesn't have a handle on it. He and his team. As far as Kyle Rittenhouse uh, that was something you know people can argue and i used to hear that you know why is he out on the street he has a right to be on the street why are the protesters out there if they're going to be out there he has a right he was volunteering to help protect some businesses but a year later i'm anxious to see what's going to happen because they brought charges charges were brought see look at the poli- the, the politics that got involved right like between the election people were afraid that if president trump was re-elected that there would have been riots and they would have burned all the cities down there was a fear there there was and but this is an example that there shouldn't have been charges you know there was loss of life but they, they were they were going to hurt him the people that he shot uh two of the people he took their lives he didn't it wasn't a it wasn't a flurry of bullets one shot One shot killed both of them. And one of them was trying to grab his gun. And what was he going to do with it? He'd already told him that he was going to kill him if he had a chance. And then the other one had hit him with the skateboard. These were people. They were attacking him. He was there. He had a right to be there. He had a right to be there. He had a right to be helping to defend and put out some of the fires. Think of that. He was going around putting out fires. One of the guys that, that he ended up shooting and killing, this Rosenbaum, he was trying to take a dumpster was on fire and, like, throw it into a police car. So do do I have sympathy? I mean, I, I actually don't. I really hope that he gets found not guilty, not mistrial. I hope he gets found not guilty. That was self-defense. I hope he walks away scot-free. I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, there have been threats against him. And, and there needs to be accountability lebron James. this is a, he's a 18 years old kyle rittenhouse he was 17 when this happened lebron james was attacking him mocking him this was emotional for him you know that th- that's one thing for someone like lebron I'm, I'm just tired i think we all are right we're tired of this crew they just snip and they, they, and by the way the people that he shot and killed are white so they're they're white and and both of them criminal records And have you seen one of them? The guy just looks off and disturbed and he's screaming and yelling and he was threatening that he was going to kill him and and then he went to grab his gun. He probably was going to kill him. Is that really a loss? Why does LeBron James care about that? Why is LeBron James so concerned about that? My God, these people tweeting about Kyle Rittenhouse. As Laura Ingham says, shut up and dribble. Listen, you, you should every day if you're LeBron James and some of these over the overpaid crybaby athletes, be absolutely thanking God that you live in the country that you live in, that you be born with the gifts that you have. Stop commenting on on things you know that that, are, that you have nothing, you have no clue about. Just just try to just do what you whatever it is that you're doing, playing basketball, getting paid to play a game for a living, and stop commenting on things that matter. Yes, you have the right to do it, but I've yet to see where it makes any sense. But, you know, I'll be anxious to see if over the weekend they start the protest and start the threats and try to intimidate the jury and say that, you know, there's going to be riots if he's found not guilty. Let them try that. Just This judge is terrific. They have, you know, all the BLM activists and all these other, they have met their match in this judge. And it is true that the defense has done a good job. But it was um, it wasn't a good case. It was a case that was, should not have been brought. Uh, he did have a right to be out there. He wasn't someone like just going out and like hunting. Uh, they engaged him, and they engaged. Although 17 years old, they engaged someone that had an AR-15 on him, and had used it, and then when pushed into a corner, used it again. All right, a lot more ahead. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It is a challenge trying to run your business today, especially if you spend most of your time trying to find the right workers. Instead, let MEGA professionals find them for you. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Right now, are you spending a good amount of your time trying to find the right workers for your business, your company? Call MEGA, M-E-G-A professionals today, 508-336-7801. If you need Workers, drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend work, local, which is a.k.a. sleep-at-home drivers, maybe it is drivers, class A, B, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled labor, office professionals. Even in the healthcare business, you can depend on MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. How much time are you spending? trying to find the right workers for your business. Let Meager Professionals find them for you. Call them right now. 508-336-7801 for MEGA Professionals. If you've been- or find karen on the web at www.innovast.com it's fall very soon the heating season will be here let jkl engineering design and install a natural gas high efficiency carrier infinity system jkl Energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency infinity heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market. They also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. J.K.L carrier factory authorized dealer licensed in both rhode island and massachusetts for 55 years jkl's reputation second to none especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction jkl is an approved national grid vpi installer jkl is also a Navien certified factory dealer called jkl for system replacement oil to gas or for a heat pump Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call J.K.L. Engineering today at 401-351-7600. They do it right. They do it right the first time. They're licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. J.K.L. 401-351-7600. You're listening to The John DiPietro Show, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, joining us right now talk about now the biden people are saying the economy is going great and they can't even keep up with the demand but uh joining us right now is gene Marks, and uh gene i i just don't see where the biden administration what they're saying matches up with what people are, are actually experiencing
3: yeah hi I, john it's good to speak with you and yeah i um I, I agree with you that is not what i am seeing um among my clients i mean just just to make sure that we're clear. I mean, I, I run a, a, I'm a CPA. I have a financial services firm outside of Philadelphia. We have about 600 active clients that are small and mid-sized businesses. And um, you know, the narrative I get from them, because I speak to many of them all the time is that they are really challenged with um, significant obstacles right now um, for navigating their way out of this pandemic. they obviously supply chain and cost pressures are significant to them and uh labor disruption finding good people has been very very tough so the rosy view that the Biden administration is giving is just i'm just not seeing that in the field man you know i mean that's just not what i'm seeing, and um i'm not quite sure where the disconnect is
1: gene what about the fact uh people can't remember the last time you know you go you see empty shelves uh whether it's you know businesses just trying to do business that can't find parts or certainly restaurants the amount of supplies Put food to the side just for which is a lot of the basic supplies have jacked up. We where did this uh it, it just seems to be almost like we're in a death spiral.
3: I don't know if it's that bad. I mean, I listen, you know, it, it realistically, you can't shut down, you know, basically the world's two biggest economies, you know, you know, China and the US for a significant period of time like we saw in twenty twenty and you know, many parts of it in twenty twenty one. Without there just being, you know, disruptions in in the supply chain. I mean, it it does make you appreciate, doesn't it, just how sort of fragile the whole chain really is. That something like this can happen and it can cause um, as much much you know disruption as it has. Um, and in fact, to be honest, I'm kind of surprised that there aren't more shortages on the shelves. I think it's a testament to uh, the many businesses in this country um, and a lot of hardworking people to make sure that 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 stuff is moving around and and getting out there so you know I, I really honestly i'm i guess i'm a half is you know, glasses half full guy i'm optimistic that these things will work itself out over time um i just think that you know what's what's just you know exacerbated this is continued mandates and and lockdowns and restrictions um which have kept employees from getting out of their homes and getting into work um to, to move these things along you know
1: Gene, let's start with just the price of gas. How did the price of gas get as high as it is? You know, to me, it's interesting because the price of gas, if 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 a president handles it properly, it's it's like billboards on all these city blocks all over the country that are advertising when people see to me it's it's a lot of it psychological. When you see low price of gas, people Harken back to better times. Wow, look at that. I can fill up my tank for 25 bucks or that type of thing. When the price of gas goes up, people have flashbacks to, you know, uh, uh, the, the Carter years. And, and it, it just brings <laughs> on this fear that True. things are not going well. And, and so in some ways, it could be a mirage. But how did we even just get where we are right now?
3: Well, listen, uh, the price of gas, as you know, is based on the price of oil. And oil is a commodity, and that is subject to just supply and demand around the world. Um, And there have been many, many things that have interrupted that supply and demand. You know, I mean, Jonathan, there's one thing that I found is that you um, you, you can't answer any question like this with just one specific answer. There's always a combination of things. So, you know, for example, things like weather has gotten in a way, particularly down on the Gulf Coast has interrupted supply. Government regulations have certainly gotten in the way um, by, by shutting down or, or hampering the building of new pipelines that continue to bring supply into this country. Obviously, COVID and the pandemic um, has interrupted economic production in Europe and in Asia as well as the U.S. So that has had you know, a back and forth impact on supply as well. Uh, and then, of course, you've got, you know, some of the major suppliers like, you know, OPEC and even Russia that are throttling their supplies to drive up the price of oil. Because it, it does Vladimir Putin well, um, you know, the higher the price of oil goes. Over the past, I don't know, 15 years or so, we have had the benefit of, you know, of, of a growing oil and gas industry um, led by all the fracking that's been done um, in this country um, which has made us really independent of of outside oil, and unfortunately, over the past few years, the rhetoric coming from um, really the Democratic Party, from you know from, from President Biden, um, has been this is bad, and we have to invest in uh, you know alternative energies and you know because of climate change and, and all of that, which has shut down. Uh, you know, it has hampered the supply of that same oil and gas. I mean, being in the oil and gas industry right now under the Biden administration is not a really good bet. Um, because of you know, all of the hurdles that that industry is facing. And unfortunately, we're nowhere near getting to the point of uh, you know, of, of sustainable energy you know, that, that, can, that can replace fossil fuels anytime in the near future. And what's really sad about it is that there's such a, such a huge supply in this country of those fossil fuels. If the government would get out of the way and let those companies get, that, you know, get those fuels to the pumps, And in the end, that benefits American businesses, particularly my clients. You you also have to keep in mind when you talk about the price of gas, I know consumers are impacted when you go to the pump, but you know, there are so many products in this world that are oil-based products and my clients spend so much on their own energy bills um, and utility bills, they're all seeing those prices go up. So the restrictive policies that are coming out of Washington are, are driving all of these increased prices which is just putting more and more
1: pressure on american businesses to figure out what to do folks again with speaking with gene marks and gene you know the jobs report was uh was better than than uh, than you know it obviously was better than what we saw for you know august and september do you yeah. think is is the workforce uh in the country are they starting to fall back into the into the you know the marketplace are they going in fact back to work or are a lot of people still staying on the sidelines?
3: Well, I really hope so. <laughs> I mean, like I always say to myself, like you know, okay, the government unemployment payments ran out in September, uh, right at Labor Day. So the October report came out, and that was you know for September that was weak. But now, you know, wow, what a surprise when you know when you see that the government stops paying people to stay at home through enhanced unemployment benefits. The the direct result of that is that people have to pay their rent and buy food. They got to get jobs and come out of the market. And so that's why we had a strong jobs report in October. I mean, it's just common sense that, you know, you know, when when people aren't getting handouts from the government, they're going to have to gain employment. So, yeah, I do see those numbers increasing. um, And I do think we're going to continue to see strong job reports only for for a couple of reasons. One is that we're still four million jobs behind where we were pre-pandemic. So there's a lot of catching up to do. There's still really strong demand out there for products. I mean, uh, you know, Institute of Supply Management, which does reports every month on demand, purchasing demand, both in the service and manufacturing industries are reporting record highs. I mean, my clients are busy. I mean, they are they got customers that want products. So, you know, because of that, there is still a demand for workers for sure. Um, and I think we will see those workers come back to the workplace Over the coming months, as long as they're not given more incentives to stay at home. I mean, the other thing to consider is also the health concerns. Um, You know, as as panicky as people in my home city of Philadelphia, you walk around Philadelphia and you still see, you know, 30, 40% of people wearing masks, you know, outside. Wow. There's still mandates in the city. It's it's a really crazy environment. Hmm. Like, you know, it's like that way in the Northeast. And then you go around the rest of the country and it's normal. But I think that's changing. I think people are starting to feel a little bit more comfortable and safer getting back to work. So I do think people will be coming back to work. The bottom line is that I I do want to also temper all of that. Even before COVID, there were like 9 million unfilled jobs out there. We still have a worker shortage. So that issue is never going to go away. And employers are going to have to continue to invest in technologies uh, to enhance their businesses and make them as productive as possible.
1: So robots will start to enter the workplace.
3: And I am writing, so besides running my own firm, I do a lot of writing. I write for like The Hill, I write for The Washington Times, I yep. write for The Guardian. And um, I am obsessed with that topic. Yeah. You know, been, I bookmark every week story after story. And I go out in the field to my own clients and I see them. You should see how they are investing in technology in their warehouses and their production floors because the technology has become so much cheaper. You know, just. Five thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars for robotic arms that do assembly, for example, and those robots they don't require health insurance. Yep. They don't ask to work from home. No. They don't complain because somebody's bullying them in the office. Yes. You know, they just work. Yeah. So it's a big it's a big surge. I'm saying.
1: Folks, again, it's Gene Mark. Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today. M E G A five zero eight three three six for mega truck and trailer repair whether it's commercial trailers diesel equipment free estimates fhwa inspections also rhode island state inspection station trailer pickup and delivery listen you're trying to run your business you need mega truck and trailer repair call them today 508-336-2110 trailer pickup and delivery 24-hour mobile service, ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, they can fix it. Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. You need it fixed. You need, need it fixed in a hurry, and you need it fixed right. Call Mega Truck and Trailer Repair today. Remember, free estimates, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, and if it's on a trailer they can fix it. Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. Folks, you're listening to the John DiPietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's a.m. 1380, 99.95. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Joining me right now, he is a columnist with the Boston Globe. It is Dan McGowan. And Dan, I'd like to start off. You wrote an interesting piece that Boy, Rhode Island, uh, when it comes to math, the state and the education certainly have their challenges uh, in front of them.
2: Yeah, this is, you know, kind of a, an offshoot of, of what we talked about just a couple of weeks ago with the RICAS scores. But I mean, when you see that only 20% of kids in the entire state are considered proficient in math, um, you know, there's a real problem here. And, you know, as I sort of reported out my column what I started to realize is there's a a whole bunch of factors that need to be addressed. Um, And mainly one of them is there's a major pipeline, teacher pipeline issue right now, um, where you're not seeing the URIs or the RICs of the world graduating enough teachers, um, particularly math or science, and so you know the how do you improve it well how do you improve it without teachers uh is a real real challenge here but to really get into the you know the basic facts of this i mean you are more likely right now if you're a if you're an elementary or middle school student you're more likely to be not meeting any expectations at all than you are to be meeting all of the expectations um, you know, and you remember that's grade level. So it, de- it depends on which grade you're in. But uh, the, the this is a crisis that the state's dealing with. And you, know, you think about what this means long term, you, know, you and I might say, Oh, boy, I don't remember a single thing. I sat in a math class the other day to watch a teacher. And I didn't know what you know, it was seventh grade math, I, I didn't remember exactly what was being taught. The challenge is that you know, as students are, are as, as, jo- as jobs change and as sort of we, we move into a very kind of innovative and uh, technology driven economy, un- having some basic fundamentals when it comes to math um, is even more important than maybe when you or I were in school. And so uh, it's a real challenge and you just don't hear our leaders really talking about it. Um, even the teachers that I talked to said to me, you know, it feels like there's so much emphasis on English on reading, and for good reason, right? We want our kids to be able to read at grade level um, too, but there's so much less focus on the math, and the math is probably the real crisis that our state's facing.
1: Now, Dan McGowan, there's some interesting quotes, and if you wouldn't mind just touching on uh, talking with some of the people in your column, and I don't just mean the education commissioner, but the, there are some people that do see that it's a problem, and certainly have some thoughts on th- this is something it sounds and I like that it's really a cultural shift that needs to take place that otherwise it's it, it doesn't uh, if, if the state continues on this path it's, it's just not going to approve. well here's a great example right so so I sat in a class the other day at
2: Blackstone Valley Prep one of the mayoral academy and charter schools you know we talk a lot about how the, the charters, you know, tend to outperform their traditional public schools, especially in the urban districts. And th- this is no, um, you know, no exception. The, the Blackstone Valley Prep very much outperforms, you know, the, the public schools in Central Falls or Pawtucket, um, even Lincoln to some degree. And you sit in this math class, and John, I, I kid you not, I walked in, sat down, and for it, within five minutes, I knew that this teacher that was teaching this class was a phenomenal teacher, right? She's you know, she's got every kid, it's seventh graders. She's got every kid engaged, answering questions, raising their hands. I mean, it's, it's what you would think of when you think of a good classroom. So we, we step outside for just five minutes to chat, you know, after her class. And she says to me, um, yeah, the biggest problem is I'm actually not, not fully certified to teach in Rhode Island. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm certified for elementary. Uh, education, but now I'm teaching middle school. I'm clearly, you know, qualified to do it, but you know, I took my classes online at one of the, you know, I think it was the University of Phoenix, and they can't, that you know, uh, Rhode Island College won't accept my my transfer credits, all these kind of things. So you have a basic issue of the good, even the good teachers, in some cases, are having right. real problems. And then we talked even more on this woman name was Alyssa Church, like I said, just an excellent teacher, she just kept on emphasizing that, you know, when I was in school, even when, when I was in school for teaching, she said there was so much emphasis on, on teaching kids to read, on, on English language arts, um, and she, I think she told me she had taken for, for, for an elementary uh, certification, I think she said that, she's like, I think th- one math class, one math teaching class compared to probably a dozen uh, you know, reading type classes. Um, and she said it's a cultural shift. You need like people are scared of math. And look, you and I got into journalism probably for a reason. I hated math when I was a kid. Right. I, I get it. Right. Uh, but she said, you know, we have to have that cultural shift. You have to focus on and what you see at the schools that that get results, places like the charter schools and by none of those would would say that they're doing things perfectly either. But double math classes, right? Uh, You know, require, I mean, at Blackstone Valley Prep, if you were, you know, if if you struggled in math last year, you were required to go to summer school um, and, uh, you know, and take extra, you know, remedial courses and work with with teachers. So there are ways to do this to really kind of emphasize it to kids. um, But it's not, you know, it's almost like you know, we're, we're less than two weeks from the, the, the RyCast scores being released. I, I don't even hear anybody talking about it anymore. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so and, it's a major challenge. And, and Dan McGowan, and again, folks, speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, I, I just want to reiterate, I, I agree with you, and I don't think enough people understand. We're, we're not talking about, you know, that they're just doing the average. By and large, the state as a whole, the students are unable to do math at grade level. At the trade right. level, that's right. It is. It is a major crisis. It should be a major crisis. Uh, it's going to hold back. If there were some other subjects, um, I think there'd be more talk about it. Yeah, or, can or you, you imagine?
2: Can you imagine if, 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 if we were saying that 80% of kids couldn't read at grade level? And by the way, right. again, those numbers aren't, aren't that great. And I'll give you another example. I talked to, I didn't sit in this class, but I talked to a teacher in Providence. Now, so, you know, you could say like, oh, well, you, you know, you got to see a great teacher at a charter school. Well, I talked to a teacher in Providence by all accounts from her colleagues, from doing a little bit of research, excellent teacher as well. And I said, you know, what's it like? And this is a middle school teacher in Providence. She said to me, well, you know the challenge is, is that the range of of uh skill level that comes into my classroom she said I have kids that are still counting doing addition on their fingers yeah um you know she's like that's first first grade level math wow. and you know my job is to teach sixth or seventh grade math and I have to teach right I'm expected by you know, by the state standards and by all that stuff, I'm, I'm expected to teach that level of math. How, how am I supposed to do it? And she wasn't making, you know, she, she grew up in Providence, went to school, but she wasn't trying to make an excuse. She was just saying, here's the real challenge that we're dealing with that you, you literally have kids in the sixth, seventh grade who, who can't do very basic math, let alone, you know, start to talk about circumference or something like that.
1: Yeah. Uh, Dean McGowan also, as much as we will touch on the current governor, I like the fact you, um, boy, you know, despite the Biden administration having some problems, vice president having some problems. Meanwhile, Commerce Secretary, former Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, not only yesterday, there she was at the podium at the White House, but as you, and you were the only one that I saw write about it, she's uh, ready for her first trip to Asia.
2: Yeah. And, and let's be, you know, very uh, clear about this. When you go to, when you're going to Asia at a moment right now where, where there, there's very high tension with China. Now, she's not meeting with anybody uh, in China from what I can, from what, what I've, uh, what I understand, she's going to be in Japan and Singapore, uh, I think in Malaysia. Um, but, you know, that's a high profile move. I mean, that's, that's, you know, it's not uncommon for the Commerce Secretary to, to be kind of uh, traveling all across the world. But, you know, the moment where you'd think the Secretary of State would be the one kind of making these sort of trips. Uh, it shows you that, you and i have talked about this ever since she joined the administration um she's not your traditional kind of low-level cabinet secretary i think she's thought of she's thought of very highly job that tends you know most of us couldn't tell you know the basics of what the commerce secretary does other than the you know the the word the title but uh you know like you said she's there you know at the white house the press conference yesterday she's played a major i mean there was a there was a profile on her just a couple of weeks ago. I think the Associated Press did it. I mean, it was the it was like the nicest thing ever written about her. It's just, yeah. you know, all, all about how she's uh you know, she's doing this one step at a time and the Republicans love her and the Democrats love her. Uh she is keeping up her um her, you know, high profile kind of uh within that administration. And I think it won't be long. You know, usually you can count two years in you start to see changes in the administration. I think it won't be long before you start to hear, you know, is she going to be a candidate for treasury? Is she going to be a candidate for something else? Um, I I think there's no question that her stock is very high within the Biden administration.
1: And Dan McCowan, you agree that this is turning out to be, listen, it's not easy. And, uh, but governor Mundo, who is a very dedicated uh, gifted student, she, by and large, here it is, you know, left in uh, late february or early march now it's november going to the holidays seemingly right now I, I think she's one of the higher regarded individuals in the biden uh, administration and cabinet
2: i think that's i think it's it's crystal clear that 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 seems to be the case and and you know the thing the thing about this is, is when you're taking the rate right, for her again somebody who who thought very highly of herself and yep. somebody who who obviously had the uh, you know, the educational background and how to connect, you know, when, when, when you start to look at these, the jobs, right? I mean, you think about this a year ago, or maybe let's say 18 months ago, you know, she's actually on the, the short list, getting vetted for vice president, right? And she looks at this and she starts to think about, you know, what, what, what's my job? What am I going to do within the administration? Or, or should I just stay as governor? And the thing is, is, you know, being the governor of Rhode Island is, it's a fun job, right? You do get, it's, it's stressful, but you're, you know, you're the center of the universe when it comes to Rhode Island. Uh, You know, the way she handled kind of COVID, she was on television constantly. Uh, You know, I think she probably had to look at this and say, do I really want to kind of have this, this, what is traditionally a sleepy job? Um, You know, especially after I had vice president dangled, I had health and human services uh, yep. dangled, you know, those kind of things. And she has turned the Commerce Office, you know, into a, a, a machine. I mean, yes. a player when it comes to the, the infrastructure bill, a player when it's going to come to if there is a social spending plan that gets passed. Uh, and now an international player. Uh, you know, I, I think, again, the sky's the limit for her. And I think people listen to you and I and they're like, wait a minute, she couldn't get you hip right. <laughs> Whatever she's got, she, she she's, has sold it to the Biden administration. There's no question about that.
1: Folks, quick break. A lot more. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, right here on the John DePietro Show. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Autobody today 401 272 3340. Were you in an auto accident? Someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen. Whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone. Call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender bender, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. They'll handle everything for you the original the best and if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up tell them bring that car over to west fountain autobody 401 272 3340 401 272 3340 west fountain autobody located 400 west fountain street in providence they'll work for you not the insurance company if you're in an accident call west fountain today get it repaired 401 272 3340 you're listening to the john DePietro show on am 1380 99.9 fm well all fall we have been bringing attention to drawing your attention to it has been a crisis with adult men men over 50 that uh have felt they have had no options folks and have taken their own life and that's why we've been encouraging people to sign on mantherapy.org to the website and take the they call it a A head check and someone who's been instrumental in drawing attention to it and uh, been on with us this fall is our friend Dr. Rob Harrison. And Dr. Rob, I have heard from uh, so many different individuals that have said that it's the first time they've ever heard two people, and I would mean that would be you and I, talk so openly about something that affects people. It's something that in the past people have considered almost a, a taboo subject, but it's one of those things. By talking about it, by people seeking health... Logging on mantherapy dot org, it could actually save lives.
0: Absolutely, John. Uh, you know, it is a difficult subject to talk about, but it's something that really has to be done. The more we, uh, more information we get about uh, suicide and and mental health problems, and the more we talk about it, the less stigma is going to be around it, and uh, we much more likely to get people help they need. Um, Right now, the average time between the time an adult re- realizes they have a mental health problem, and they get help is about 10 years. So that's 10 years of suffering uh, instead of getting help. We've got to, we've got to just uh, decrease that. We've got to help people a lot sooner, um, because a lot of those people do end up taking their lives because they don't have any help.
1: Dr. Rob, what would you say to family member, spouse, who noticed there's a, a change in behavior, Seemingly, the you know person is, as I would say, slipping more into a hole. I can't, in a sense, reach them. Um, how would you, how would you maybe advise the family, the spouse, the coworker, the the friend, the the parent?
0: Well, I, I think the first thing you should do is is express your concern and your caring for them. Um, that expression uh, goes a long way in helping somebody to open up and realize that there's hope because other people care about them. Um, The other thing that's really beneficial is to have some training. Uh, There are some free trainings uh, in the area. Uh, One is called Mental Health First Aid, which teaches adults how to recognize that someone may be struggling with a mental health problem. Depression is by far the most common. But uh, there's an action plan associated with that training. Uh, it, it takes about uh, six hours to do the training. It, it's free in a lot of the areas, especially in the southern part of the state. Um, but that training really helps you to, uh, to figure out an, at an earlier stage that somebody may be struggling with something. Um, then the other part is what I call the waterfall, when people are, are really thinking seriously about taking their own life. Uh, the training for that that really works is QPR, which stands for Question, Persuade, and Refer. And that helps any adult to recognize that a young, that a person of any age might be thinking of suicide, ask a question directly, persuade them to let you help them get some help, and then refer them appropriately. Um, as I said before, we don't want people, everybody going to the emergency room. Not everybody needs to be there, and it, um, the care right now is not great in most emergency rooms for mental health care. So um, we, we're trying to get people uh, identified as early as possible we know that the sooner we identify these problems the, the better chance we'll have to of success but the other thing people need to be given is hope they need to know that 90% of people with mental health problems can be helped uh, it's about the same as for physical problems actually so we need to really uh, get the knowledge the word out there that um, the help is available it may take a while And while you're waiting to get an appointment, going to the the websites are really great, and man therapy is a a great one. Um, The American Foundation for Suicide Prevention also has a lot of good uh, online resources. Um, So while you're waiting for an appointment, doing something online can be very helpful. But the other thing you can do is just keep checking in with people, what they call carrying contacts. Give them a call or send them a postcard not expecting to reply necessarily but just to let them know that you're thinking about them and you care about them uh, studies have shown that caring contacts really make a big difference in saving people's lives
1: folks again we we'll speak with dr rob harrison and dr rob uh, you have the holidays coming up you have the continued stress due to the pandemic and everything that's going on right now uh, but there is a way that people can as you said reach out get help it starts by logging on at mantherapy.org folks we're going to continue our conversations with dr. Rob Harrison dr. Rob great job as mega logistics MEGA call them today 401-431-2300 401-431-2300 mega logistics everything you need to run your business efficiently whether you have freight freight goods third-party brokerage warehousing transportation custom freight Supply chain management, routing, or maybe it's bill auditing, customer developing. A proven track record with fo- Fortune 500 companies, you can depend on Mega Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. You have enough, enough challenges trying to run your business. Let mega Logistics help you do that. Call them today, 401 431 2300 serving rhode island and massachusetts again if you have freight freight goods warehousing transportation third-party brokerage you can depend on miga logistics call them today 401 431 2300 401 431 2300 for miga logistics folks you're listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's a.m 1380 99.9 fm always listen online at the website which is to Petro.com it's time for our segment politics this week. Joining me managing editor Anchorising.com. It is Justin Cass. Justin, I want to start off a lot to unpack regarding this North Kingstown coach. Uh, this is a story that's kind of been bubbling a little bit's come out here, a little bit's come out here. Something we know is definitely channel 12 has been looking at this, doing quite a bit of investigating. Boston globe has been looking into this, uh, Providence journal, channel six and, um, channel 10 a little late to the game but they're still on it but uh folks this is the north kingstown coach that left the school back in june ends up at monsignor clark and then we're finding out uh about these naked body fat tests that he was supposedly conducting where he would test the body fat of members of the basketball team and other students as well but it had to do they'd be alone with him in a room off his office within he would uh, apparently say shy or not shy if you were shy you had to keep your underwear on not shy you had to strip completely down naked with the coach uh justin very anxious a lot of different elements to this but just start off uh your reaction uh, regarding this story
4: <laughs> well i it's almost hard to believe i mean it's it's, it's fascinating it's a psychological matter because you can you can almost see how people would ignore it cover it up talk themselves out of of taking action when they got years ago. Uh, but it, it is kind of mind-blowing to think that even for decades, perhaps, no parents came forward, no teachers pushed back. And there's some suggestion that some of them, I, I think you've reported on this, uh, s- that some of them actually did say stuff. Teachers would comment, you know, make jokes about it almost, and uh, parents would figure, well, it's just uh, it's just what we have to put up with. It's not too bad, you know, he's not touching them or anything. He's just getting them naked. But it, it, it's just... I once you see that it's wrong, I think that's, it's, it's so clear. And I, I think it's you're it, all along. I mean, I know uh, my wife's a teacher and for years working, especially with younger kids or those with special needs, there's a lot of challenge because you're just not allowed to have a naked child with you. And huh. you know, so it's just not something you're allowed to do. It's, it's kind of mind blowing that it's so, it's, it's just not clear and, and people would miss that. And I think that, I think that puts the people involved in a huge amount of, of in, a, in a big vice at this point. I mean, the, the superintendent Phil Auger is kind of right in the middle of that because these, these teachers, if you're told, if you're told allegations of something that seems inappropriate in this way, they're required to law to report these things. Uh, and so you, you know, we now hear that there was one student who told Auger in 2018 uh, and it just was allowed to drop. Um, of course, it was one interesting thing, item. There is WPRI is reporting on that. Had one version of it. And then it was quickly edited uh, to say that Auger had just asked the student to come in and talk to other people uh, in the administration and the student didn't want to. But even so, you can't let it drop. You have to investigate. You know, there's no reason uh, a superintendent couldn't take action to to find out whether the allegation was true. It should be possible. Go in a guy's closet and see if he's got a camera set up there like they like he allegedly did. I mean, that's the kind of thing you can check kind of a legal vice there. And I think the other big part of it, I think, especially on the heels of the controversy over some of the books that they're providing to students for LGBT yes. material, I think they're also in kind of a moral and an ideological vice as well, because the book, in particular Genderqueer, I mean, that's got a p- one picture in it, one of the more controversial pictures in it, is of what appears to be a naked man touching what appears to be a naked boy. And so... Yes. Uh, On the heels of that, and and when they were arguing for that book, they're saying, "Oh, well, we need to put this out there so that people who are having kids who are having these feelings can know it's normal. There's nothing wrong with them." So they're normalizing that kind of an image. At the same time that this is going on in the in the basketball coach, in the basketball coach's uh, closet. So, what do you do with that? I mean, when you when so when you look at the legal aspect and the ideological aspect, it's really you can. And, you know, they shouldn't be, but you can understand why the school committee and superintendent would be would be disappearing into a locked building to have their meetings and not giving any yes. comment to the protesters, because really, you've at this point, all what they should do is kind of throw up their hands and say, you know what, we've been on the wrong on the wrong track here. We've got to fix it. But I, I think they're going to they're going to drag it out and try to f- figure out some way to get through this all without too much controversy.
1: Folks, again, our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorrising.com. Justin, to me, the, the place, NK, it, it's just so broken, simply because anyone who's a parent or your wife's a teacher, I've gotten a phone call from, you know, Mr. Petro, this is the school nurse. Your daughter's here. She seems to have a headache. Can I have your permission to give her Tylenol? at um, They have to get, teachers have to get a parental slip to show high school students a PG-13 movie or an R-rated film. I think what was so, to me, that shows just how... And think of all the effort they put into, you know, they got rid of the father-daughter dance. Uh, you know, Cranston got rid of the prayer banner. It was such a stress on bullying. Um, they go out of their way, and then in the backdrop of of this, you know, they have uh, apparently... and And from what I understand, the coach... He's not cooperating, but he wouldn't even deny it. Instead, they were just trying to say he would, in fact, do the tests on their groin and their scrotum and between their thighs. And there they are naked. And Justin, to me, what, what really just stuck out to me as someone that was there on Saturday, you have this apparently a very progressive member of the school committee. And she's standing outside. Keep in mind, they're outside. But she has on a Black Lives Matter mask. Like Black Lives Matter, you're allowing young boys, and you—they knew about it—to go in and be apparently alone and naked with this coach. Like it's so beyond the bounds. And Justin, I'm also curious your thoughts. You know, in Providence, when they had that allegation, or you had the the school administrator that uh, remember he was in the supposedly in the gym in Warwick and got arrested and would say, "Hey, what kind of sneakers are those?" And take off the kid's sock and start to rub his thigh and so forth harrison peters the school superintendent of providence he lost his job even though there was no allegation that that man was doing that in providence is there some kind of double standard that as long as it's a bunch of white kids apparently mostly in uh in nk that it's it's okay but like how dare they step forward that they're so woke and these are the issues that are important to us and Gender, queer, and Black Lives Matter. And, and behind closed doors, you're allowing this going on at your school
4: yeah well i mean it is as as you you know you describe what he was doing it occurred to me to one point that's not being emphasized is it's not like this was the school nurse doing this stuff right Right. i mean this is there's there's no the basket a basketball coach does not need to know your body fat i mean just there's if you if you want to test for fitness come up with tests for fitness your percentage body fat is none of his business really particularly in your private area you may have very but um, the, the, uh, I think the, to me, the double standard versus, and it, it's really interesting how you, you know connected to Providence there. The real double standard is who has the power and who is whose friend and they're how pride. is that? Uh, so in Providence, the, the union and the establishment of the Providence schools who want to maintain the terrible job that they're doing and not not have be accountable for that it was convenient for them to make an issue of that and try to see how far up the ladder they could go driving people out of office it stopped before it got to the education commissioner but uh that's what they were shooting for with that story so they played they made it a big deal they i mean it wasn't a small deal but they made it seem like this huge thing and everybody should have known and it never should have happened whereas this you know you've got i don't know if it's white black but you've got the you've got a basketball coach who's he's in with all the, you know, the Rhode Island establishment, he's having success in the school district. Uh, you know, nobody wants to find anything wrong with that. Now, if he had been, I don't know, say a, a conservative Republican supporting, supporting, you know, uh, Joe Trillo or something, just to pull a name out of the hat, I think you you would have seen quite a different treatment of him. And I think it really comes down to. It's all of this stuff, all the claims about Me Too. I mean, we see that with, with Biden getting a pass from Me Too, um, or Andrew Cuomo for that matter. Uh, Me, Me Too, Black Lives Matter, all this stuff. Uh, it's not genuine. It's, it's all an excuse. It's all a way to trip people up when they're politically disfavored. And I so I think what, we're, what you're identifying there
1: And um, before we take a break, I also just want to stress to people, for instance, I I do know the only instance I've heard of the testing of the body fat is is for a school wrestling team. And even then, because that's where you have a weight class, right? You have somebody wrestles at 98 pounds, 105 pounds. But even then, from what I understand, they brought in an outside company. No one was naked and, and they were just testing them. But Justin, about this, as someone that I mean, I've coached youth sports, I've coached both boys and girls. You take a class, they vet you out. And some of the things they talk about for the protection, by the way, of the coach is make sure you're never alone with a child. Uh, the child, you know, doesn't feel well. Get a parent to go along, you know, if they have to use the bathroom. It's to done to protect the coach in case someone ever says, you know, something was said or the coach touched me inappropriately. You want to do this to protect yourself. What this this is really beyond the pale. And you're exactly right. There was no reason for a basketball coach to be, you know, testing. If anything, basketball, the kids tend to be on the thin side. So it it really wouldn't be an issue. But to think that this was going on, it was it was just kind of seen as that's just the way it is. And I've also heard the union stepped in to protect him and wouldn't even let them fire him. But that will uh, still um, will still get more information on that. Folks, quick break. A lot more. Justin Katz politics this week right here. On the John DePietro show. Brothers Disposal. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster for your driveway. How do you know it's Brothers Disposal? Because it's a purple dumpster. Look for them on Facebook and give them a call for an estimate 401 six eight eight zero five one seven. Get a dumpster in your driveway. Maybe you're cleaning out your basement, your garage, unwanted belongings. Maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out. Clean it out with Brothers Disposal. They're also now offering weekly trash collection services. Call Brother Roland today at Brothers Disposal four oh one six eight eight zero five one seven whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of sun and belongings call brother's disposal today come on brother call brother's disposal 401-688-0517 look for them on facebook brother's disposal get a dumpster in your driveway 401-688-0517 j perry paving Always provides high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. Over 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating, patios, general masonry projects. Give them a call today. Free estimate 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. A licensed and insured contracting company. Hey, they'll meet their clients' needs, no matter how big or how small, whether it's a brand-new paving project or maybe just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed. Reach out to J. Perry Paving. Get a free quote. And remember, no one's better for veterans, two veterans, than J. Perry Paving. If you are a veteran or related to one, have them give them a call. They may do their driveway for them, 401-732-1730. Find them on Facebook, and then the website is letter J, jperrypaving.com.